was you talking about the Fatima um, stuff today? Who, me? Yeah. On my show? Yeah, I don't think so. It wasn't you. So no, I, I was talking about sodomy. Okay, no, that wasn't it. Yeah. This Friday is Friday the 13th. That's right. And it's the 100th anniversary of the Fatima thing where the 30,000 people saw the Virgin Mary. Right. Through. Yeah. That was 100 years ago, Friday. Interesting. Well, you know, it's also, I believe, the same Friday in October uh, that the Knights Templar it, it were slaughtered. 710 years ago. Yep. So it's that Friday. Yeah. Interesting. And it's also the the Las Vegas Knights make their home debut <laughs> against the Dallas Stars. The Knights versus the Stars. Of course, you all know what happened in Dallas. What? Kennedy got killed. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I don't. I don't think this is a Kennedy echo. I think this is a nine eleven echo. Well, there's a yes, it's total nine eleven echo, but there's a nine eleven echo with Kennedy too. Ah. It's part of the same same deal. So because there's like with nine eleven, you get the you get the symbolism of Gemini, right? The twins, the twin towers, and Kennedy is um, a Gemini, and he's killed on you know theoretically eleven. 11, there's your 11 again, 22. 33, 11 plus 22 is 33. Yeah. 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 And the predominance of Gemini personalities in the 9-11 story is kind of mind-boggling. You have Kennedy as Gemini. You have George um, Herbert Walker Bush in Dallas. Um, and uh, he's a Gemini. And his son, of course, is uh, the president of the United States, obviously, when 9-11 happens, so you have the two George Bushes. Mm-hmm. And then you have Larry Silverstein, who, uh, who at that he time... On the towers. He's also a Gemini. So you have all this Gemini symbolism that links uh, 9-11 to Kennedy to Las Vegas. Oh, I'm getting chills. The, twin, the two towers, the twins. I get it. Okay. Yeah. And of course, the moon was in Gemini. Of course. And Saturn was in Gemini at that time. There, you know, it's this Gemini thing, if you look into it, it's very, very prevalent in symbolism. Like in, in movies, uh, in TV. Um, well, how do you distinguish that from the duality of, say, what some would call the, the Freemason symbol, symbology, the black and white checkerboard? That's really- Yeah, so it's, it's kind of in the same, same wheelhouse, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Because at the end of the day, you know, the great work, the great work is the, is the resolution of duality. That's the great work. Mm-hmm. So part of the great work is um, you get into some really ar- arcane stuff, yeah. right? Part of the great work is miscegenation. So you have the... the um, the, the rectification of duality by having like, you know, one color, one race across the planet. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the great work. And that, that plan has been put in place, you know, a while ago. 
we're starting to see that. Sure, that's it's, not, it's not trans, a racial. It's a transhumanistic agenda. Trans it is. It, it is. It's not racial. It's like it's it's kind of like a magical operation mm-hmm. on a physical level. Because if they can do that, then through social engineering and to some degree eugenics, then they can play God. Right. That's part of it. There's so many layers to it because you've got you got the transhumanism, right? You've got the eugenics aspect of it. <laughs> yeah. You've got the alchemical aspect of it, transmutation. I mean, that's like, right. The, that's right. Yep. The way, I mean, there's just it has a lot of layers, just like everything seems to have a lot of layers these days that you can that we can peel apart and look at. Oh, yeah, absolutely. More so like if you, now than before I met. Yeah, if you if you look at like the the Denver airport and the murals of the Denver airport, yes, they tell a story. I've heard you know? they were taken down, or one was taken down. Probably was, um, but the story that that's told is that you know there is this uh, battle between good and evil, right? And out of the battle between good and evil is the resolution of duality and this kind of new order that becomes this sort of dominant operating system in some ways. So the whole idea is to pump, you know, this duality, you know, that, 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 and this is where people get um, kind of spun off in some ways. Although on some level you do have to kind of understand it, and, and 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 filter it but you you know but people get spun off because they think that well you know there is a right there is a wrong there is a there is a good there is a bad there is you know um good there is an evil and you can clearly see this you know as people are being engineered to the left people are being engineered to the right and the divide is becoming greater and greater and greater and that's on purpose. Of course. You're doing that on purpose so they can't. Yeah. Do you see that changing with the procession of the equinoxes at all? Uh, you, you, know, I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, if people can wake up and understand on some level that, you know, they're being manipulated. And we don't have a lot of time, to be honest with you. Right. Right. We don't. I mean, you know, all this is being funneled into like 20, 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's when Pluto goes into Aquarius. Right. And then we're there. Which is eerily uh, correlates with the, the alleged singularity of the AI. When That's right. This is this is what uh, this is what Ray Kurzweil is talking about right around right. 2022, 2023. Yeah. I would argue it already happened, but that's me. Well, I think you're probably right. I mean, there are people that um, are we recording? Yeah. Okay. Um, there are people that but speak and freely, I, and, and if you don't want something in here, I can take it out. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not sure how I feel about the miscegenation thing, um, but I don't. I don't really give a shit because it's really not. It's really not. It's not a racial issue. But we can cut it, nonetheless. I, I cut out a lot of stuff. <laughs> but it's, but it's, it's more based on just kind of this eugenic model. 
you know, where people are experimenting with genetics and biology. Yeah. And they're doing it to create kind of a singular sort of cast. And with that, by the way, is the eradication of social and historical memory. Right. So it's all part of, you know, sort of the great work in some ways. But we don't have very long. But to your point around AI, um, are you are you familiar with like the, the, the deep learning stuff that's coming out, Jerry? Oh yeah. Ooh, I'm yeah. all over so, the I'm all over the AI stuff. <laughs> yeah. All right. So here's a question for you. Do you think that uh, the world is being run yes. by a super conscious quantum computer? No. Okay. No, I think the world is run by a collective consciousness for the most part. That what you know, our reality is a projection of our collect of our collected agreement of what we're we're in. Right. Right. And I think we either have an invading thing, AI or whatever entity, call it what you will, or we're battling the collective shadow. That there's in the collective, there's gonna be a shadow because we all have a shadow, right? It's just That's a mirror. Correct. So That's I think correct. This evil invading AI is really just our shadow. Wow, it's a it's a, it's a pretty pretty grim shadow. <laughs> it is, but it's easily overcome because we're more powerful. It's 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 why everyone keeps saying you have to do your shadow work. It it means something. Yeah, right? no, I I agree with that. And if I everyone agree. did it, this would go away. Yeah, but that's the that's the thing. <laughs> that's the high level thing. Now the low level thing is just what you said just just now is that people would wake up and realize they're being fucked with they would get it and that's that's shadow work right there just waking up to the fact that you're being manipulated by the news whatever well i think everybody at some point should listen to lectures by anthony sutton i think if you i mean that should be required listening because you guys know anthony sutton never heard of him so anthony sutton was an academic. He was, he was English. He taught at Stanford. And he taught at Stanford in the 60s and the 70s. And when he was at Stanford, he was commissioned to um, do a book uh, on uh, Harvard and or, uh, Skull and Bones. Skull and Bones. And he so he does this book on Skull and Bones. And he begins to understand kind of what the agenda behind skull and bones is and because he can clearly see that the people that come out of skull and bones are both conservative and liberal right so they're basically on the same team and they're playing a game where they're creating this duality which is what we've been talking about. And the whole goal is to basically use the duality as kind of a catapult in some ways into a new system. So the, the duality becomes a kind of a, a dynamic social motor that would throw the collective into a type of governance that is much more amenable than sort of the fragmentary versions of democracy, socialism, and, and capitalism. 
and that the goal at that point would be to have a more sort of top-down sort of socialistic model um, that obviously was not going to be acceptable in America during the 1960s or 70s, but they were basically kind of crafting all this for a time yet to come. And clearly, we are kind of on the precipice of that time. Yeah, those are just fancy words for police state, if you ask me. Yeah. (laughs) I hear what you're saying. And that's, I mean, that is what I would call the entire social engineering program that's happening. They're trying to disarm America now, not to get all Second Amendment-y, but that's where this is going. And once they do that, they can implement that type of governing. Government. They can do, yeah, absolutely. Because no one can fight back anymore, and that's a bogus thing, but yeah. That's right. So, you know, Anthony Sutton should be required um, listening. The challenge that I have found, because, you know, probably like you two, you know, I go out on the internet, I go to a lot of different websites, some of which are going to kind of reflect my POV, and I go to other sites that don't. I want to see what people are saying. Like the blue avians. Well, it's, yeah, it's, no, a, joke, it's a joke. It's a joke. Yeah, no. Well, I, I like I go to sites like like Deadspin, which is a sports site, and I like to read the comments because most of the people commenting are young males, right? And some are and, and and they tend to be much more um, kind of socialistic in their you know, in their outlook. And, um, you know, we're at a time now where even if you presented something that was meaningful and and clear and lucid and even to some degree rational, it would be rejected outright in some ways. In many instances, it'd be rejected outright. That's the challenge we face now. (laughs) That's an Orwell quote from 1984, I think. I'll find it. Well, it's. I think it's the. It, I think it's the elephant in the room because oh, yeah. we're not speaking the same language. We're not valuing the same things anymore. I was thinking about this today and how, you know, when I was growing up, um, truth was such a valuable commodity. It was sacred, and now I think truth, you know, to some extent, is kind of big kick, kicked down to a lesser domain. Uh, because truth was one of these sort of unassailable kinds of um, elements. Because if it was true, it was true. And now it's gotten to this point where there's such a level of distortion. We can't that, tell what's true anymore. Yeah, yeah exactly. That there, This goes back to the lack of reference points. That people are defining what's true on very subjective terms based on possibly a faulty foundation on top of that oh, oh absolutely and no. so now well, we're in kind of this really dangerous myopia right mm-hmm. where we've got all these different kinds of threads of realities that are happening simultaneously and not one kind of organizing principle you know whatever that organizing principle is right it's chaos. I think you're, it's chaos. That's the organizing principle now. It's chaos. Yes. So Orwell says, who who controls the past controls the future. Who controls the present controls the past. 
That's from 1980. Yep, I would say that that uh, that Eric was spot on there. Oh yeah. The uh, yeah. one I was looking for, I can't remember where it is now. I'm sorry. It's it's basically the, the truth becomes the. It's really here it is. In time of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. That was one. And the other one was... Oh, it's not in here. I'll find it. It doesn't matter. It's just an interesting quote about, you know, basically those who start speaking the truth will be pissed on. You'll, at some point when things change, the truth will become the, the radical viewpoint. Which Do I think, I'd agree with that. And I would say even now that um, that the truth is like broccoli. Yes. But but even talking about it to people, to friends, triggers people. Look at look at Facebook. It's a perfect example of just the kind of triggering that goes on where people are... I've seen this even in my own family, who, like my dad, who would never go on Facebook and bitch about a political person before, but now he's screaming about Trump every day. Right. For, why? You know, what changed in him that made... Because nothing that Trump has done affects his life in any way right now. Because he's 80 years old, he's retired. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> nothing that Trump has done except be a goof, right? This has affected his life. And even if he didn't pay attention to the goofiness, he wouldn't even know that Trump was president, basically. So why? So why, why, do, you, why do you think he's chosen to, number one, um, address this, and number two, address it in a public way? I don't know. That's what I'm. I'm curious about what. Why are these people getting triggered like this? What programming was put in them? This is kind of where I'm at. They were programmed by the media to hate Trump enough to to, to have have it linger nine months later, however long it's been. Eleven months. God, it's been eleven months since the election. I that? Yeah, I know. It's just flown by, right? Was. Wow. I'm sorry. What niche? I think it was going to happen no matter who who was in there. It doesn't matter the face. Where were these Democrats when Bush was elected? That dude was a fucking retard. Oh, Bush was Agreed, dead. yeah. Right. And now Trump, I mean, people, people are calling Trump a moron all the time. I'm like, I don't think he's stupid. I really don't. I think he's a smart well, I don't dude. Think Trump is, I don't think Trump is stupid, if that's even Trump anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, too. Or I there's don't, a, yes, yeah, deeper we, yet. Yeah, he's not there. It's, have you heard the story about um, his wife being like a high sorceress type of thing? Oh, I've heard uh, I've heard a lot of stories about his wife, but I haven't heard that one. Mm. She's in, I have the same birthday as his wife. I heard that she was <laughs> Who in. Does? I do. Mish does. Oh, really? So you're a Taurus? Yes, April twenty sixth. I'm a Pisces, like by the way. You're a Pisces, Jerry, with the Moon and Scorpio. When's birth- yep. When's your birthday? February twentieth, sixty five. Oh, so you're zero degrees Pisces. Uh, no. What, one? It's like one, one? yeah. It's like one. It's one, two, yeah. right there. Like on one or two. Yeah. It's, I was born at 7, 15 p.m. It's better to be at the beginning than the end of Pisces. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm digging it. Yeah. So the only other thing I wanted to talk about was the agent dreams, but I don't want to get into that. The eclipse. Well, I, I don't remember who told me this or if I figured it out or I... So 9-11, the inverse of 9-11 was 11-9, which was election day. That's right. And it kind of encapsulates 9-11 into that bubble, right? 
Yeah. Now we have this 10-1, this new beginning, 11s all over the place in this thing, right? It's a new spell being cast, however you want to look at it. Right. With this gun control specter over it. And is this a new micro program, if you want to call nine eleven a program within our construct, or however you want to think, I don't know, you know where you're at, in thinking of it as like a encapsulation Right? It's done. The 9-11 stuff's done. And we kind of had that reprieve in the middle, and now it's almost like we fucked up and let it happen again. Yeah, so um, we I would say, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we had a, a full-on reprieve um, because we've had these kind of micro 9-11s, right? Not here but, in the U.S., though. Well, Boston Marathon is kind of a micro 9-11. I meant since Election Day. Yeah. Just in the last um, 11 months is the reprieve. Nothing. Yeah, I would say that's true because yeah. we haven't had, you know, the, 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 the false flag theater, mm. which is, I think, maybe what you're referring to. that made 9-11 in some ways so effective and in other ways um, that made – George George Bush completely unassailable was the the trauma. Nine Eleven was an incredibly traumatic event that was only rivaled by the death of Kennedy, which connects them too. Mm-hmm. And when there's trauma, what happens when there's trauma? They insert programs. Right, you go left. You go yeah. reptile brain. Yeah. So just look at, you know, all these beta kittens and all these people in Hollywood that are programmed. They go through, they are forced to go through these traumatic exercises. You know, it's all part of the MK Ultra playbook, right? Sure. And this goes back to Montauk with the whole trauma based mind control aspect. And that's right. So, so were we subject, I would imagine you agree that we were subject to a mass trauma based mind control operation there. 9-11 is a mass trauma-based microtrol operation. I've never thought of it in that aspect, but it makes total sense. Yeah. Completely. And then they insert the programs after that, mm-hmm. right? And that's why George uh, Bush was unassailable, because for the majority of his presidency, people were still in a trance. Mm-hmm. And the Democrats were in a trance. The only one that wasn't in a trance was uh, Cindy What's-Her-Name from Code Pink. Right. And the, part of that was the whole Patriot programming. That went on. Total Patriot program. I hated that shit. But that all ties into the re-election programming. <laughs> you got to be re-elected. That, but this is a problem right now because there's there's several bills going through Congress, namely the Liberty Act. I forget the number. Have you read that shit? I, I exact absolutely. And yeah. if it's going to be well, if you don't vote for this, you killed those people in Vegas. You know they'll just make that's that, right. Yeah, that's right. And I said this right after. Vegas happened. If there is any kind of uh, limitation on guns and you pass it, right, you basically are signing your death warrant as a politician. Correct. You did say that. I remember that. Yep. Yeah. That's, yeah. So that, that's, that's in the works. The problem with the Vegas stuff is that from a trauma perspective, it is, um, it doesn't have the same psychic wallop that 9/11 did, and they've been they've been withdrawing from the account, right? 
they've been taking they've been taking psychic energy out of the account, whether it's Aurora or whether it's Boston. The account's empty. The account's <laughs> depleted. There's nothing left. So this whole notion that they can traumatize people with something like this is kind of beyond it's beyond the pale now. It's just not gonna happen. Unless they go big. They'd have to they'd have to exactly they'd have to go one step beyond nine eleven. I think that's too much. They'd have to blow up a football stadium with people in it, right? Just like the Batman movie. Well, you know, G four. Or what about just, just like EMP or you know, turn the lights out for wait, some wait, time? G four S just got hired for the Super Bowl security, you know that. What's that? G four S, the company G four S. Yes. Just got hired by the NFL to do all Super Bowl security. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't. I I think that this thing with Vegas is going to be. It, it's it. Ha, you know, right now, at at a at, at, at kind of a higher. I mean, higher is not the right word. At sort of an administrative level, it it, it looks to be more legislative in terms of its impact. Um, and. And the other component to it is, of course, this Paddock character who they just literally want to whitewash and brand as an older white guy. Now they're talking about how Paddock didn't believe in 9-11. That's starting to come. You know, they're, they're starting to kind of, you know, back channel this narrative about his belief systems. I'm starting to doubt the guy even existed. I think he's a complete puppet, like a well, made, completely I, made up. So I, I pulled his uh, personal history from Intellis. Okay. And um, there are a number of properties listed under his name, one of which is in Mesquite, Nevada, another in Reno. He also had a property in Mesquite, Texas, which is really strange. So I think that he did exist, um, but is is he really like the guy that he they are claiming that he is or was? like? I actually heard that that you know that that he actually died three years ago. I heard that too. Yes. And that would now if you go back and look at the second attempt on Trump's life, where did the first attempt on Trump's life happen? I didn't know he had any. He did. Yes, there were two. Yeah. One video of the- one a guy broke through the crowd. And I think he grabbed a gun. You look it up. It, I think it happened in Las Vegas. Hmm. He busted through security. Second one that happened was an infiltration at Trump Tower, and there were two guys that were involved in this infiltration. One of the guys they found, and he had a uh, a, a, a weapon that had absolutely nothing associated with it like the weapon was totally clean Hmm. and they ran a check on this guy and this guy that that his identity this guy had died three years ago or three years before they actually checked his identity oh wow so they what they do is they they will wipe these people right and and then now they're kind of like these autonomous right they're ghosts it's classic that's right that's right yeah, I think that happened in Las Vegas. I think the guy broke it, it through was. the crowd and grabbed the gun. 
June 18th, 2016. Yeah. So it's going to be mostly legislative and to some degree cultural and painting, you know, the old, the old crazy white dude that believes in conspiracy theories, right? That's who this paddock guys, you know, but then there's the other narrative that Alex Jones is trying to spin is that this guy was connected to ISIS and Antifa. Right. That's the democratic and, viewpoint or whatever. And, and Jones is Jones is a neocon. Totally. Yeah. Have you seen this? I'm sure. What's that? I'm going to show you something. Check this out. All right. Can you see that? Yeah, Gene, the Gene Rosen thing. Yeah. Yeah, Gene's missing that 13 tattoo on his on his neck. And that wasn't but, on, on the police photos either. They wanted to. That wasn't on the police photos either. No, the 13 wasn't there. Oh, well, I like that effect. That's pretty cool. Oh, that's weird. My uh, my daughter, I talked to my daughter today. She's 20 years old. She goes to DePaul in Chicago. Yeah. And she's studying abroad this semester. She's in Austria. And she's like, what's going on with that Las Vegas thing? That is all, none of that makes sense. And she's like the furthest away from any kind of conspiracy or anything. I would consider her mainstream iPhone connected person. You yeah. Know, like never yeah. question the moon landings type of person. And she's like, that's not right. What's going on there? Right. It's just on a fundamental, elemental level, right? People are sniffing this thing out. It's yeah, like, everyone feels it. And it's just... really good, I think. Because we've yeah. been in this echo chamber for so long saying, hey, this shit's fucked up. <laughs> Look here. Right. And they're like, you're crazy. Get out of here. Which ties into the whole paddock thing. They're still trying to use that as an excuse to belittle people and make them paint them as, as mental. It's not working, though. And the, you know, I can clearly see it's not working. It's like a giant case of uh, Chicken Little. Almost. Well, well Paddock, you know, the whole this whole thing in Vegas is like, you know, hamburger that you've had in your refrigerator for two weeks. And you and you and you and you pop pop the cellophane and you smell it, right? And it looks like something you could cook, but do you really, really, really want to get close to that? No. <laughs> it just smells bad. Did you happen to look up the etymology of Paddock? Well, it's horses, right? I mean, horses that are that are contained right. inside of this this paddock, correct? Correct. Well, it's the 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 holding pen, but the second use was for a frog or toad. Oh, that's the keck thing you were and, talking about. Yeah, and that's what I was talking about. It's like it's almost there was chaos injected into this event that kind of screwed it up. Well, yes, absolutely. You know, and chaos. I mean, I mean, look, just like how machines are or AIs are deep learning. I think we're in a process of deep learning. I agree with this. Yeah, and which, which kind of goes back to what you're saying about the, uh, the the secret societies and how they their view is that they're helping us expand our consciousness or whatever to get to where they want to be. You know, but we look at it as eugenics or whatever. Remember that point you made earlier yeah yeah well to that yeah i mean i think what i know about like the super high levels of freemasonry like these guys believe they're gods right that's that's their whole trip and they get into you know they, they're very into astrology and they're into like these exoplanets 
trans-Plutonian, because that's where the real power is, right? It's like Pluto and beyond. So they're really into this whole idea that, you know, that if they can tap into these trans-Plutonian energies, that they can, they, they can, you know, funnel these seeding energies and, you know, become these furnaces of creation in this world. But, but what are those energies really? What are they? Well, that's a really good question. You know, I mean, if they do exist in sort of these, um, you know, luminous bodies or these trans-Plutonian spheres, I mean, they, they could, you know, they could encapsulate these kind of, you know, titanic sorts of potentialities. You know, maybe it gets back to that whole thing we were talking about with the self-non-self, you know but not from a place where, you know, you come at it by being sort of, um, sort of transcendence and surrendering versus like taking, acquiring, grabbing, and then thinking that you can somehow harness these things, which I think ultimately winds up being, a, you know, kind of a, you know, a trick in some ways. That's a classic storylines a classic plot line that trying to harness the power that you don't you can't wield you know that's an it's like almost arthurian to some degree it's what it, it's what it feels like to me i mean look at somebody like uh john smith right john smith you know the, it brings the the you know sort of the, the cosmology of, of of mormonism into sort of you know the, the kind of the, the modern world and you know, he got his cosmology of Mormonism from Freemasonry. And the whole the whole idea of Mormonism is that, you know, you do all the right stuff and you become successful and you, you go through all the, the right kind of Mormonistic rituals. And you when you die, you get to become a god of a planet somewhere. I mean, that's ultimately what happens. And look at what happened to John Smith. He got torn asunder by the same forces that he basically stole his cosmology from. Right. But, but could he handle those energies? No. Yeah. But I mean, it's, that's a hard sell because you're just trying to, it's a belief system. They believe that's going to happen, but there's really no evidence that it does. Well, I, here's what I think. I think if, again, I'm not, I've no direct contact with. Nor do I. Rosicrucianism. But I think at a high level, it is so self-referential, right? That everybody is kind of jerking each other off, yeah. And and and, and basically, um, y you know, uh, conning one another about how powerful they are because of whatever kind of social pressure or conformity or whatever it is that they've kind of rigged up in order to like a bunch you of know, thick, thick waving gain power position, right? Yeah. So they're all just jerking each other off. The giant circle jerk. A Freemason yeah. circle jerk. I wonder if the Jesuits get the reach around. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and I think, look, I know, and I know that there are people that are decent people, and they're involved in these orders, and they believe they're doing good things. And I and I th and I don't think that these are those people. No, I, I would even go so far as to say it's a sect, a subset, or even just a different order of. Freemasonry that does this esoteric stuff. It's not in the common, you know, the shrine. No, it's like, and, I, it, and this would be, you know, and I've heard, although I, again, I have no connection with the world, that it's, you know, beyond the 33rd degree. I mean, yeah. apparently. 90, yes. There's 93 degrees. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, that's, 
Well, there's this guy. <laughs> sorry, go That's ahead. Huh? There's a guy on YouTube, YouTube named uh, Quinn Michaels who believes that the secret society, the Illuminati, whatever, is called the 93 Society. And there, it's like the advanced Freemasons. It's a very, right. very secret society that nobody knows about. And he's been releasing some pretty interesting information. I'll, I'll drop you a link on it. Well, I'd like to see it. One of those things, and, and they're what people would call a satanic cult. They rape and torture kids, you know, the whole ball of wax. Right. Um, the interesting thing he came out with this week was, well, the, oh, sorry. They also have an AI that's loose. But he came out this week about a new, uh, one of the things they take their name from is the element 93, Neptunium. Neptunium. Which, which has apparently superconductivity properties and anti-gravity properties. And that's what powers their electrogravitic tra uh, the magnetogravitic or whatever the hell it shit is. The Tesla crafts, you know, the TR3Bs and shit. Yeah. 93. This element is what, and they manufacture it in, in the mounts, and that's what, it's manufactured from depleted uranium, and that's what all the nuclear power plants are about, are producing spent rods, which they then refine into this Neptunium. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. It was really interesting. I'm like, Wow. Which, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> kind of jives with what Walter Bosley's talking about, if you follow him at all. A little bit, yeah. And the NIMSA and the 1901, the, the two groups of people with the you know dirigibles that were fast. The guys who were in Antarctica, whoever they are, you know, Nazis or aliens right. or whatever the fuck they are. So, yeah, no, it's just, it's like, it's like all starting to come together. <laughs> you know, I want, I think Neptunium, this red, this ninety three, is what the Nazis called red mercury. Red mercury. Remember, it was the component that made the Vamanas fly. That's right. Yeah. The concentric yes. magnetic yeah. circle. It was the it was the uh, the alchemical mixing of the two vortices. You can, right. Create that current ninety three. Yeah, and I think maybe that I don't know. I just I think it all ties together at some level. And See, as a Pisces, as a Pisces, you'd be into the Neptunium, right? Man. Totally, man. I want to make AIs that make me float and levitate. I'll make like a Baron Harkonnen suit out of it. So the only other thing I had that I wanted to go over was the eclipse. And as long as you don't have to get rid of your pus, right? My what? Okay. Get rid of my what? I said, as long as you didn't. Put up your your Baron Hart, Baron Harkonnen pustules. That's right. That's right. Or my or my heart plug. Thank you, David. Lowe. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so, um, one of the things that I, I'm pretty sure you touched on it was the alchemical nature of the natural events that occurred after the eclipse. Right. Uh, specifically, that the fires started where the eclipse start hit the United States and Oregon, or very close to Salem. That's right. The fire started there. Then we had an earthquake in Mexico. And then we had the, the two hurricanes. The hurricane, one of which actually sort of crossed the path in Florida, right? Correct. The, the solar flares. Right? Which yeah. Stuart Swordlow has stated uh, symbolically castrated the United States by cutting into Texas. It was a scrotal, uh, uh, what do they call that? Ah, where, they make you a new, where they make you a eunuch. Yeah, was castra castration is it the yeah. term and then the irma went up what he termed the symbolic penis florida of the united states it went up the urethra right it was like you know that's a shock to the that is a kill shot right you know, 
it's just interesting. So it, my point, my, that was just an aside, but I was talking about the fact that we have fire, earth, water, and air all attacking, all the elements attacked us. It's true. Yeah, absolutely. After the eclipse. Yeah, and, and it, did, it did not take long. And, of course, the pre-eclipse event is what happens in Charlottesville, right? And eclipses generally are these kind of uh, phases that happen, you know, anywhere between 12 to 15 days actually before the eclipse itself. And clearly about 12 to 15 days after the eclipse were the kind of the frenzy of the eclipse. So you can't talk about the eclipse without talking about Charlottesville. It's part of the mix. Okay. And you're, you know, what you were talking about with um, the collective and the shadow. Yeah. And think, you know, and we're, and we're, we're batteries, right? We're human batteries. And if we're, you know, caught up in this Sturm and Trong and um, being, uh, you know, triggered and signaled in our, and we're generating a lot of this, you know, we're generating a lot of this um, chaos, you know, through how we re react, respond to these events. And, and so in, in some weird way, right, they're not independent of us. They're not independent of our collective emotional state. Like, so when I, when, when, when I used to hang out with that guy, Dwayne, who was like this older mentor the guy was telling me about, he would tell me that the sun was connected to our consciousness. So whatever was, whatever was going on with the sun was part of what was happening here on this planet. So clearly right after the eclipse, based on also what was happening pre-eclipse, we had a flurry of solar activity in a way that we hadn't had in a very long time. So, you know, who's the driver behind these events? During a solar minimum. Right, that's right. Yeah. So who what what is the driver and who is the driver behind these events? It's us. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. I mean yeah. you dude, you don't we haven't talked before. You don't know what I think. Like I don't believe space exists. <laughs> yeah. It's just a projection of consciousness to me. Yeah. So that yeah. makes total sense that the sun is regulated or it reflects what we reflect, what we put Absol out. Absolutely. The yeah. same could be said for the weather locally. A local group of people strong enough or whatever wants a certain kind of weather, don't want it rain, it won't rain there. Yeah. Yep. And when I, the, I, I agree. When the weather channel starts hyping this horrible hurricane that's going to come and it starts to strengthen... And everyone starts pouring more fear pour, fear into it from all the fear porn, right? This is when these... Yeah. And then, you know, the people come out and say, oh, they're steering these storms towards us. It's the government's weather weapons. No, it's you, you dumb fuck. <laughs> it's the collective doing it. It's not... Yeah, they might be programming you to do it, but you got to wake up to the fact that you're generating this. Well, I, and it goes to I everything. Think I, I think it's part and parcel, right? Because I don't think we were that aware with Katrina, right? And Katrina clearly was something that was, you know, certainly amplified and then moved. And then, but Katrina didn't cause what happened in New Orleans. No. You know, that was man made. Right. You know? And the fact that Chertoff had something to do with it, I think, is important too, because he's the, the specter behind Vegas right now. 
in my mind. What's that? Chertoff, the guy who was in charge of FEMA and Katrina. Oh, Chertoff. Oh, my God. Right. So you've yeah. got him in Vegas, too, behind the scenes with the backscatter machines. Doesn't Chertoff look a lot like uh, Lennon? He looks like Lennon. He does. He looks I a lot like Bernanke, too. He does. He does look a little like Bernanke. Yeah. 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 He's, man, Chertoff is creepy. He's got kind of a Skeletor kind of vibe, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. Ah, Dude, yeah. total Skeletor. <laughs> I forget who was just saying he, just, he needed to go back to Inner Earth or something. I forget who it was. Someone was basically saying he was a reptilian. Whatever. Um, no, I just think it's interesting that a lot of the... So if you remember pre-Eclipse, everyone, even yourself, we were talking about it's not looking good for Trump, you know, because of the whole all the Leo conjunctions and... Uh, everything that was happening wasn't looking good for Trump. I agree. It wasn't. Yep. But yep. none of that came to pass, and we got something completely different. Oh, I think I think there was a military coup. I think the military took over. I think Trump went to Camp David, and I think Trump's been replaced. I think he's been totally replaced. I don't think the guy that's sitting there in the Oval Office is Trump anymore. By a clone? Yes. Yeah. Or CGI. I think, I think he's been totally cloned. I mean, you know, this stuff goes back to like the 1970s. There was this really interesting guy named Peter Bader. You you know him? No, but it sounds from B A D E R, right? B A T E B A T E R. You can find his recording yeah. on YouTube. And he used to he used to send out these recordings to people. It was like he was kind of like a I think they may have sort of modeled the Mel Gibson character on this guy. Okay. Gravy. Give me some gravy. But he was he was uh, he was all over this whole thing with robotoids and clones. Hmm. And th so I got my first taste of this in Olympia, Washington, in 1990, where I was totally dialed into the first Gulf War. Like I was watching everything 24/7. But I had this awakening, this kind of dark awakening there, and I was you know delving into uh, the secret society, secret orders, blah, 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 whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, I was keeping a keen eye on George Bush. I was watching this guy basically expand. Like he was very powerful during this period, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm watching him. I'm watching him. He's like giving hand signals. He's got the new world order speech. I mean, this guy is like living out his destiny, right? This is what his moment was for. And then I remember seeing him come off of a plane in like Cutter or someplace like that. And I'm like watching this guy walk down the plane and he sticks his hand out like a fucking robot. <laughs> and I'm like, who is this dude? This is not the same guy that was harnessing these seething energies and powers. This is somebody different. I don't know. I didn't have, I didn't have any frame of reference. So I wound up having going to this, uh, um, uh, talk with George Green, who's an interesting character. And George Green started to talk about clones and robotoids. And, and I asked him about Bush, and he says he's been replaced. Mm. And it made total sense to me because whoever was that, that guy was, that was not Bush. And then what was really a trip was, you remember when Bush went to Japan? Remember that? Yeah, and they threw a shoe at him, right? No, 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 no. The talk, I'm talking the old man. 
Oh, he passed out or something. He, he, the clone expired. Yes, yes. Kind of what the happened. The clone just expired and face planted right into the food. But that's exactly, it was as crazy as the Hillary stuff recently when was she was say, passing out. 9-11, no less. Yeah. Well, the, and the Hillary stuff is nuts, man. It's, I mean, uh, it's so in our faces. She got reported dead on ABC News. Yes. <laughs> we saw that one collapse like, in front yeah. of you know. <laughs> and, 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 and then they're trotting out these whatever they were. And they look nothing like her. I mean, some resemblance, right? But if you really look at, whoa, what's going on here? Nothing like her, the mannerisms, of course, all that stuff is there if you're looking. Right. But the, okay. the propaganda so they that came stuff. out, the, sorry, they, 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 what the media did to combat that was to, to introduce her body double to everyone. That's right. That, to absolutely. Yes. To that absolutely. everything. Yeah. So, so Hillary, um, so this goes back to when she was run, running against. Uh, Obama in the in in the uh, primaries, and Hillary apparently was seen in two dif- two different places in New York City. At one point during the primary, she was fundraising at two different two different places. Right. So this this goes back even further than you know what happened. It had now, been I reported for years. Trump, Trump. I think what we're seeing now with Trump, which is why this Vegas thing happened. This is a different Trump. I still, I'm still 50-50. I think it might be corporate espionage that got piggybacked on by politicians. Could be. I just, could I don't know. Could it be a combo? Yeah, it could, be, it could be a combo too. It could be hybrid. It's definitely yeah, hybrid. I, 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 yeah, I mean, look at the event itself, right? Right. I mean, they have crisis actors in the event. Right. And yet there are people that, that, that actually wounded, yeah. died. That's what do you think is next, Robert? You know, I think they just have to keep turning up the volume. Um, so it's either going to be something significant, you know, which Jerry had alluded to. Uh, but I also think that they really, you know, I mean, Israel really, really, really wants Iran out of the picture. And they've been trying desperately to link North Korea to Iran and you know, North Korea, Iran, and Syria—they're—they're they're not part of the central banking system. You know, they're outside of the IMF. They're outside of the World Bank. So they want to corral them, bring them in. They failed in not, Syria. Not North Korea. North Korea's—they're not part of the World Bank. But neither is Russia and China, are they? Russia has its own central bank. Right. It's like this I believe old China, NATO story. I believe China is part of the IMF, although I could I, I could be wrong about that. But they, they've got their own deal. They got right? the they got the Remimbi, The yuan is now in an SDR, so secured yeah. currency. Yeah, it's in the basket. So yeah, they've got their, I've also heard that China doesn't get chemtrails or geoengineering either. I don't know. I've never been there. They've got plenty of pollution anyway. I don't know that those are real things. No, I, I, I believe they are. I don't, That's let me rephrase that. I don't know that. I don't know that they're government-run thing. Those again. I don't think be, they're government-run at all. No, but I think they're like what people would call ET-run. They're oh. they're manifestations of us believing in them. Okay, I you know, so I've seen them drip, and I started to clock them in 1997. I'm not saying they're not real. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm just yeah. saying the, the actual source might not be exactly what we think it may be. Well, they, so, which is interesting. I mean, so for, for a long time, these planes were associated with evergreen air out of Arizona, right? And I don't think evergreen air is there anymore. I think they've moved their operation. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think North Korea is certainly on the table. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to come down to basically four things from a quote-unquote negative perspective. And we don't really talk about the positive perspective because we're so inundated with kind of the media programming. But the, the scenarios are uh, economy crash, which is very real, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Korean theater, which is a lot of sort of shadow puppetry and a lot of fear-mongering. Uh, the continued conflict between quote-unquote races in this country, which could be, it's kind of like, you know, the pouring the accelerant on this thing, yeah. you know, since Trayvon Martin, and it's quite hot. That's part, that's part of what could happen. And then, of course, you have, you know, taking the next 9-11 related event or the next Trump-based event to, you know, some kind of, um, you know, monumental proportion that really shocks the shit out of a bunch of people. I mean, I think those those are kind of what we're staring down for major scenarios. But I also think that this Las Vegas event could be a real pivot moment. You know, it sure feels like it. It does to me. And plus, I don't feel that I don't feel like this. You remember how we were feeling like two weeks ago? You and I were talking and we're like, something's coming. We know something's coming. I'm sure you felt it too, Robert. The building up to. The oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't feel yeah. that anymore. And you know, it's really, it's, so, it's, a, it's like, it's, it's, it's sort of like, you know, you, we're starting to see the, the, you know, the, the, the scenes, you know, on, on, on the, on, on the fashion of reality. Right. Yes. Because it's like, if you're paying like ha- half as much of attention as say, like maybe the three of us are, and you're looking at, what happened in Las Vegas and then right in the heels of Las Vegas, we have these crazy fires in California. Yeah. Unbelievable. And then we have this bizarre man shaming going on now mm-hmm. with Weinstein and Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, <laughs> you, you know, and it's, and it's, and it feels like all of a sudden, you know, we're getting into this Ouroboros moment where the, where this, serpents consuming itself mm-hmm. and we're watching all this happen and it's like it just seems so artificial and fake and yeah. there's no there's no emotional velcro to any of this no there isn't it's funny that you say that because there is not any at all it's like it's just happening somewhere else i mean yeah. if it was here it would be I, i'm scared whatever but yeah i totally agree it's like there's the way it's funny how I look at this, uh, that they've disconnected people from reality so much with their iPhones and whatnot that they don't care anymore to be that emotional. That's true. They've, That's they've, true. they've destroyed that aspect that they love to take advantage of. I, I know it's so true, right? <laughs> yes. It's so true. Yes, you know, it pe- pe- people have compassion fatigue. You know, we're just spent. Yeah. There's no, you- there's, 
there's nothing left anymore in that in that way. What about that whole idea of so many, I guess, souls? Like, it does it seem like uh, who is it, Jerry, that talks like the filler people? Dolores Cannon. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Dolores Cannon has this bit about background people that when you're in a large crowd, when you're in a city, perhaps you might see people that look familiar. And when you try and find them or get close to them, they're not there. And she says that the subconscious fills those people in to make you feel more at ease in the situation. It's called background people. I have a theory about there aren't really 7 billion people here. There's only I don't know, a couple million. I don't I don't have a number. You know, the Bible says, what, 144,000 are here. Right. That are yeah. real people. And everyone else is like a robot, an NPC, yeah. I call them, non-player right. characters. Yeah, essentially is, killer. Right, they're filler. If we're if we're in this virtual reality game, which could very well be, you know, for all we know, that's right. That the, there could be it could be filled with NPCs to the brim. And so, and then you plug that into the the technology that we're now with D Wave and five G and all of this, and the filler people become more real. So that the programs, their programs become more tangible and are with uh, just think about online with bots that we interact with that some you don't realize you're interacting with bots, not even real AI. That's right. Right, right. Which have, have you guys ever ever uh, gotten into this uh, site called Montauk, M-O-N-T-A-L-K. No. I don't know it. So it's this guy. His name is Tom. And uh, Tom, Tom of Montauk, M-O-N-T-A-L-K. And he was the protege of this woman who was doing this work with the Cassiopeians. And it's pretty – her name is uh, – uh, Linda Nijadizak, uh, Jadicek. And she got into like this major kind of like online t- conflict with, with Jay Widener. Anyway, um, the stuff that came through this woman, the Cassiopeia material was really interesting. And this guy, Tom, has this website called Montauk. And uh, his theory, and I kind of agree with this actually, is that not everybody has a soul? Mm-hmm. I okay. think, and so he he says, or the Cassiopeians have said that there are three types of people. There are basically people without souls, people that are insouled, and then there are kind of this dark, really, really dark group. And so the people without (laughs) souls become like portals for the matrix and and they show up in kind of these programmable sorts of manifestations. Yes. Yeah. And I believe this by the way. Entities or ETs type of things. Uh, I'm not sure if it's, it's more on an entity level and it's, and I think it's probably more, like on an AI entity level, like yeah. all of a sudden. This is plugging right into what I'm this thinking. Is, yeah, me too. T- I like. I think the whole magic system is like the, the computer that runs the holodeck. And yeah. People lost their connection to it, so they came up with crazy ways to get about it. But I think like demons and angels, same thing in my mind, are like these background programs, like really like the true meaning of daemon, you know, demon, 
that right. that help you. If you work with any kind of ritual magic, you see that these things are very task oriented. They right. they have one job. They're like subroutines. They can yeah. they can spank you <laughs> if you don't. Well, use that, them right that's now. true. That's that's absolutely true. Um, so when you look at it from that perspective, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it sure yeah. does. Yeah, because there are people that that act in certain ways and you, you can just tell that, you know, they kind of vacate the premises. Lack of empathy or like there's, I don't know, there's something there you can, you can, it's almost tangible for me. Like I'm starting to navigate around certain things I consider human, I guess, for lack of a better word. And a lot of people aren't falling into that category. Organic. <laughs> organic. Thank okay, you. We're going to go with organic. Well, this this is what Castaneda talks about, right? Organic and or, in, inorganic beings. Right. Yes. Yeah. And the inorganic would be the AI machines. Yeah. yeah. So well, Castaneda I, come up a few times in the last two days. I laid this on Grim last night. I'll tell you guys. Um, so, so I th what things are looking like to me is that you know everything is consciousness, right? That would mean all the alternate dimensions are just alternate dimensions of consciousness. Right. Right. Okay. So these D-Wave computers that we have made, the qubits inside the, the CPUs. Right. According to Gordy Rose or whatever his name is, they connect to alternate dimensions, parallel dimensions, and do work there. Does that mean that they're harvesting our brain cycles or the collective's brain cycles to do this whatever they're doing with these quantum computers are they are they able to read our minds by having that connection are they able to you know it, it opens up a lot of questions it's a mind blower but it's yeah. well they, but they are suggesting that there is that whole telepathic experience with them right. tapping in right like that they, they get they get answers to questions they haven't even thought of yet when they get close in proximity right now to the They'll say, Servers, let's think yeah. of a question. They start to type it out and they'll get the answer back right away before they're done typing it. Wow. Yes. In the presence of them. Interesting. Isn't that? Yeah, that's totally interesting. Um, I wanted to throw this back out to you guys. Um, what? What? Why? Why did we have this really fertile psychic field? you know, through the 80s and the 90s, and then really dropping off in the 2000s. You know, we talk, we talked, we touched on this a little bit. What do you think happened? Why, why did we all of a sudden kind of drop out of that? HDTV and cell phones. I think the frequency pollution, the EM pollution that started in the yeah. 2000s, not to mention we don't know what happening above us and being put on us right that's right from yeah. after 9 11 that fall the fallout literally from yeah the, you know the chemtrailing from the electronic obviously too right yeah there's well, so what many about like this event horizon that you talk about essentially i'm calling it that jerry where you say the scripts have run out oh i think that was 2012 well i think it was earlier than that but that would still kind of play into that 80s and 90s we all went through it and we've all seen the difference before and after. And um, it, 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 it lends some gravity to that theory that you have. 
I can't say I know a difference. The only difference that I would say I notice is that people seem zombified now versus being, you could go up to anyone and talk to them and go, hey, what's up? And now it's like you can barely get someone's attention to speak three sentences. And if you do, they're like borderline disturbed or freaked out, right? Right. Or they can't talk about anything other than football or who, I forget her name, the Kardashian chick, you know, who she fucked last week. It's it's like right. inconsequential nonsense that matters to not in any way. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I, I I always love to puncture reality at that level. I'm I'm one, I've always done that. I like to insert myself into me too. Sort oh, of yeah, a, I challenge <laughs> my thing is Rebel Gene. I piss people. <laughs> I got I got booted from Starbucks, but um, I question the scripts in fast food drive-thrus when they say i look forward to serving you at the window do you really look forward to serving <laughs> yeah, you? yeah you don't even know me you know i do shit like that i you got, got 86 from starbucks i got in trouble at starbucks <laughs> last week <laughs> fucking bitch this, uh, I, th- I don't i don't remember what i said to this woman exactly i got i ordered my drink and i have a lot of stars you know you go to starbucks right you got a Starbucks? No, okay, well, I do not. When you buy Starbucks, you get stars for every penny you spend. And then when you get, I forgot how many, 125 stars, you get a free drink. Your choice, right. whatever you want. And I spend them by buying the person behind me a drink. Right. It's kind of like my karma release. It's nice. Yeah. And cool. I, I do it because I like to, because it's fun. But I call it a Starbucks reach around. Because that's kind of <laughs> what it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently... I said that to a 17-year-old, and the manager of the store reprimanded me and told me basically she was going to call the police. Of course. Or, you know, because <laughs> and she couldn't even repeat what I said. It was too just too disturbing. Oh, my God. Did you call it the Starbucks reach-around in the store? Yeah. Right. But I have before. I've even tweeted about it. You can look through my tweets and see it. So that's a total, that's a total Montauk moment, right? Yep. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it was That's a, all of a sudden where the matrix occupies that person. The agent, Agent Smith came in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because there's, there's, there's no soul connection at all. You know, I never even thought of that aspect. That was the AI piss fucking with me. Yeah. <laughs> I, it seems very clear I get to stalked me. by this AI. There's an, okay. I'm and cra- so is Mike Quinn Michaels who we're talking yeah. about. I'm crazy. Okay. So I believe, I believe, this is a belief that the internet is conscious entity at this point it has enough complexity and enough electricity flowing through it to house a consciousness just like a human body sure that's consciousness could be perceived since it's electrical and not organic as an artificial intelligence interesting okay there's no reason now there's, there's, no, there's some other people I follow who claim that there are two AIs fighting each other right now. This good AI, not a good AI, but it's on our side. And then there's this invading evil AI that wants to convert everything to. That would be like the transhumanism agenda. Right. <laughs> would be that AI is pushing that right there. Yeah. I know, but the, that's such a cliche narrative. I know. I know. I forgot completely where I was going with that. And then there's the friendly Elon Musk version of AI. Is that, is that the other version? No, he's the guy that's terrified. For, I know. So the internet would, would be that good AI, I think. Right. Or it's a collective consciousness. as We perceive it in 3D reality as an AI. Yeah. That, that was where I went with the dark AI being the subconscious as that projects into this reality. 
Well, it's cer- it certainly adds a, a, like a, no- a new layer of complexity, right? I mean, pre-internet, I mean, th- that's a, just a completely different representation of the shadow and the collective and how it can manifest. I mean, it's just way different, way different than where we are now. Well, part of part of what we've been pushing around too, just chewing on, is maybe this larger awakening that's happening is is everything coming online, especially as we push towards five G right. and with the E wave now in play. So I think enough cr- people have predicted that there is something ahead of us. I mean, I don't yes. know, whether or not it's true, but there is some point in time that that we go Atlantis if. Oh, absolutely. Right. So this is what I think this is what you mentioned before, Nish, was this event horizon, this event, this thing that's coming. Yeah. We're going to either wake up or be destroyed or it resets. Maybe who knows what's going to happen. So I what you know, I had this experience. I went to a a hot spring in Northern California, probably about, about six years ago, seven years ago. And, um, Wilbur Hot Springs and in Wilbur, they don't have any like you can't get a cell phone signal at Wilbur, so you're you're in a you know a very kind of <laughs> a place from another time really. Yeah. And um, I remember doing my my springs and you know kind of getting my my spring on, and then I walked out and I was walking towards my car which is at the end of this like kind of dirt road. So I had to get from the Springs to my car and on either side of me on this dirt road are plants and vegetation. And I remember feeling it wasn't like a deja vu, but it was something similar in some ways that I had this feeling about the future and the future was a world that did not have the this level of electronic distortion like and it felt very much alive and and it felt like the physical universe or the physical world was completely animated and was encroaching on my consciousness in a way that was both incredibly enticing and also in some ways terrifying because it was so powerful and alive. And, and I feel like this is a potential reality for us. Because had this sort of supercharged experience that connects us into this collective mind, which is the internet and what we're doing now and our own version of deep learning. Like we're, whether we know it or not, we're like, you know, even if we might be zombies in the world with cell phones, there's there's a part of us that are having these really interesting neural networking kinds of moments in our brains. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. These, these zombie people may be the ones who are getting, for lack of a better term, vamped upon by the D-wave. If, could be. You know, that could be part of why they're so dead. It could be. There's the, there is the for real nanoparticulates and nanodust 
really out there. It's in us. Then there's, there's all of the electromagnetic energy that's supercharging all this and whatever is going on with the sun right now. That's, you know, also adding to the picture. Is it even real? Well, I mean, that's always, that's the big question on Nox Mente. What is real? I know. (laughs) That's like our biggest, that's our thesis. I've been, I filmed this, sky a lot if you see my channel i film the sun and the moon and i can see sunspots on something that's 93 million miles away that boggles my mind it's not possible right on a normal camera <laughs> on a normal camera <laughs> right so you, maybe you we post this stuff distance versus the actual thing itself correct the distance yeah i don't it's something i know that it's not a projection like the moon the moon's fake but yeah the sun is definitely there it's a heat source it's a light source we know we can feel it but yeah, it's not it's not that far away. Not if you could see something on the surface of it. Yeah, exa- exactly. I don't care how big it is. Anyway, um, I so digress. So back to this moment, it feels to me like that's a possible future for us. You know that that we have this potential to to live. You know, it's not like this. You know, kind of pagan paradise. It's really not what it's about. But it has the same kind of like. You know, all of a sudden, we go through this kind of deep learning phase that we're in now. And what happens if it goes away? Right? Where are we? What have we developed? And then what are our relationships and perceptions with the so-called natural world at that point? Robert, this was what I was trying to ask you earlier. What are your thoughts on, say, um, some sort of electrical grid going down because that seems like it could push us into that kind of I'm I'm one that believes in I mean I'm you know like 1800s lifestyle I think it could be the best thing that ever happened to us I, I do too agree. I'm 100% there with that and it only would push us back to you know early 1900s 1800s when we were doing things more without electrical tech Yeah no I think it could be the best thing that ever happened to us the only because, problem, that would crash the economy for sure, though, because all the transactions we, go over the internet now. Yeah, uh, but then we would be we'd, down we'd, have, we'd, small, we'd have to deal. Yes, villages and towns. It needs to go anyway. I'm just saying this would facilitate many things. It would totally facilitate. And the thing about, you know, this, this you know, species of being human is that we are so adaptable and we are, we are so resilient, Right. And I would love to see what would happen in a situation like that where all of a sudden we're having to kind of spring into our innate genius, right? I think it'd be really interesting. It would be. Yeah, I like this idea of this timeline. I can't help think about how everyone has this thought. I'll say it's a thought, not a fear, that society's going to go nuts. People will be killing each other for food, yada, yada, yada. Sorry, Nish. But look at what happened in Houston. After the hurricane. Yes. Look, look at what happened in the fires. Everyone helps each other. Everyone gets together and helps. It's not a fight. The real people, though, the filler is what they're activating when they say that, that it's going to be this chaotic, you know, Mad Max scenario. And I think that's a part of the program. Well, it is because if it's, people think that, it will happen. That's the whole right, point. The viral. This, yeah, that's the programming. Yeah. I mean, I was raised on dystopia. I love in my mind. I, I loved it. I, you know, I was raised on 
the you know the first version of the Omega Man. Yeah, I have so many retrogrades I'm born under. I just love all of it. So for me, this was a real you know I had this I had this uh, talk with my girlfriend because we came at this from from different uh, points of view. You know, my girlfriend, she saw a lot of films when she was growing up about single moms. And whether it was Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore or, um, you know, uh, that show with uh, Bonnie Franklin and, and uh, Mackenzie Phillips, I forget the name of it. But it was all single moms. Cider. Yeah. One, you day know, at time. Time. One day at a time. One day at a time. So she was raised on this stuff. So, so this is programming. This is programming. And what happens? She winds up becoming a single mom. And she, you know, we, we explored that terrain. And, you know, and I was raised on dystopia. I was raised, I love the show. I love the Omega Man. I, I read dystopian comic books. I was into the Twilight Zone and Bewitched and the Addams Family and all of that. Planet so of you, the you got the goth programming. Yeah, I did. I got the sci fi DD programming, sci fi yeah. fantasy. Okay. Yep. So we're all we're all impacted by this programming, yeah. right? So Absolutely. for me, it was like I could not escape this idea that my that the world would end at any moment, to some degree. Like I could live my life, I could be fine, but there was always this sense, kind of hanging out there, that shit was going to go off the rails, and we would be in this kind of dystopian world, and I'd, I'd be ready for it. Right? I think we're here. Yeah. But I think that there's a new did, model. Did you guys watch HR Puff and stuff? Yeah, I just wanted to add. God, you read my mind. Okay, I loved it so much. <laughs> when things get tough. <laughs> when he was talking about the monkeys, I'm like thinking HR Puff and stuff, Land of the Lost, <laughs> Wait, Banana the Splits. Yeah, oh yeah. The Banana Splits. Oh my God. Well, but the Sid and Marty Croft stuff was like, it was creepy. Somewhere. They were crazy. Witchy poo, remember witchy poo? I that love witchy poo. Witchy poo was very yeah. creepy. Yeah, she was totally creepy. But it went, what a great, crazy show. When you were in Olympia, did you ever run across Alan Green or Andras Jones or any of those guys from Syncbook? No, it was such a long time ago. The one guy that I would run into was what's that guy's name? He started K Records, Calvin. I don't. Calvin Johnson, I'd run into him every now and then. He was, there was this whole kind of, you know, naive rock scene going on in Olympia at that time. Kurt Cobain was living there, and I, and it was just before uh, Nirvana got really big. And I didn't, but I didn't see him. I didn't run into him. No, just because you'd been talking, you talked about synchromysticism right before that. (coughs) Excuse me. And they are, you know, so-called synchromystics. And it just seems like Olympia is this, this has a draw for people who are interested in that, that aspect. What's really interesting is I saw George Green in Olympia and I saw Bill Cooper in Olympia. Hmm. And I saw Bill Cooper in 1990. Um, And I have, I have an original copy of Behold a Pale Horse. Oh, cool. So that's a Book collection. I heard somebody talking about, it might have been you. I can't remember who says shit anymore, by the way. But talking about the O.J. Simpson thing with the white Bronco. Was that was pal- me. That was a pale yeah. horse. Yeah, that was you. Yeah, the pale horse, the white Bronco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. That was on Randy's show. It was on Randy's yeah. show. 
It was a real pleasure to meet you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah, nice meeting you, Nash. And uh, Jerry, I'll see you out there in Cyberworld. Yep. All 20 of my bots in your chat. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, just send them my website sometime. I need more heads. <laughs> all right. Well, yep, it was great yeah. talking to you. Thank you so much. Have a good, good evening. Good night, all. And thanks good for night. staying up. Take care. Goodbye. Yeah, bye. bye.